Documentaries uh-huh. History Insights Interviews Chef's Deep Dive Welcome back and this is Shep's Deep Dive looking at a classic 80s film. I loved it and it's something special for someone special. This is Richard Donner and Steven Spielberg's masterpiece. They knew exactly how to pull on the heartstrings for the kids and families looking for excitement and madcap storytelling. It's a homage to exploration and fantasy at the time when children were considered an emerging market for toy and film companies, as the 80s was awash with merchandise and the start of computer game consoles everywhere. Yep, I remember that bloody Nintendo. So this cracking film pops up out of nowhere with the old-fashioned treasure-hunting pirate comedy, hence the popularity of the film has everything you could want. Thrills, spills, freaks and bad guys. So sit back with some snack. And let's take a journey into the 1985 coming of age adventure that is Goonies. Thirty-five years ago this film came out and I remember watching it with my brother time and time again especially every time it came on TV I'm sure we had the VHS of it as well just for those who you haven't seen it which um, if you haven't you better go and watch it here's a little summary the Goonies I think is a rampantious noisy pirate themed treasure hunt action fantasy which you probably guessed that from the poster itself all the ingredients that kids will love today Right, and where do we start? Well, kids are on their last week in their home before the bulldozers come and flatten it for a golf course. They find a treasure map. You guys, just what if this map can lead to one-eyed Willie's rich stuff? Maybe. Then we wouldn't have to leave the goondocks. Mmm. There's relationships with teenagers and a teenage boy adjusts his rearview mirror to look up a cheerleader skirt. Well, who hasn't done that? She foils the abuser and rushing into the arms of the Goonies where she thinks she's going to be safe but undoubtedly joins their perilous journey of the hunt for the treasure. Then they find a dead body. Now they are being hunted by thieves who are after their treasure, fall into all kinds of trouble. Beyond the special effects which for the time was really good and even if you now watch it it's a little bit dated but it still works. The cavernous sets, the stunts, the hideous skeletons, the lampoon props, there's a message about being yourself and bonding with your friends and siblings. 
siblings. Down here, it's our time. It's our time down here. They're the outcasts. Even though you have got the jock and your stereotypes. Yep, stereotypes. A lot of stereotypes would probably wouldn't work today in films. You've got the Asian who's a gadget fanatic. I'm setting booty traps. Booby traps. That's what I said, Sam. Setting booby traps in case of anybody's following us. Like if we're toddlers, so we can hear them coming. Really? Even back in the 80s that was bordering on racism. The brainless cheerleader? Hmm? You've got the geek girl who's not as attracted as the cheerleader. This is ridiculous. It's crazy. I feel like I'm babysitting except I'm not getting paid. The insensitive portrayal of what would in today's cinema be culturally diverse characters would probably shock the sensibilities of people who want to see the film for the first time. Also, there's not a single African-American character. But then again, Astoria, where this is set, is, by the census back in 2000, is 91% white. So was they simply keeping it to form? Or was it a Hollywood whitewash? Who knows? And the way they treated that little poor, fat, bastard, annoying kid? Ah, I tell you. It, yes, it's fucking funny. First you gotta do the truffle shuffle. Come on! Then the character that makes the film is a physically disabled grown man who is considered a monster. He's chained to the wall by his own family. You realise that this is no doubt the darkest and most awful thing about the Goonies and yet it is glossed over big time. Torture never seems so light hearted. Poor old sloth. Rocky Road? <laughs> at least he gets to live with Chunk's family at the end. And now a message from our new sponsors. Hey guys. Do you smell a bit funky? Do some people out there say... Smell! Well, you no need to worry anymore. Goof is made from fire and ice and has the roar of a lion. The pheromones will entice, attract and draw all sexes. You'll attract more than just flies from now on. From the fragrance company that brought you Gush and Gimp 101. Buy Girth now with the product called Shep's Deep Girth for 20% off today. The new range of exotic and dare we say erotic lineup for fragrances, Girth. Girth is available in mini, maxi and OMG sizes for all eventualities. Get yours today. The ladies won't be able to resist your girth. What a cool advert. And don't forget your girth products and use the code. Now back to our pod. So I've had a look at the summary and I started Googling to have a look at the trivia and my God, it's a mountain of trivia, but there's a lot of BS stuff out there. There's people who have counted every single swear word. There's people who think it's a right of passage and shows the progression from boy to man. And there is, yes, loads of fan clubs. There's people who dress up in cheerleader uniforms, and a lot of them are not girls. So I've gone through all the crap for you, and here's your trivia. <laughs> 
Ship's Trivia. Trivia. Familiar. Ship's Trivia. Production designer J. Michael River thought the prop treasure map looked a little bit too new so to make it look over 300 years old he spent an afternoon aging it he wanted to add blood but had ran out of paint in a quick bit of improvisation river cut his blood and dripped his own blood over the edges that's his own blood you see According to Sean Astin, he was allowed to keep the treasure map used in the film. Several years later, his mother, Patty Duke, discovered it, thought it was a crinkled up piece of paper and threw it away in the trash, never to be seen again. The mayor of Astoria, Oregon, named June the 7th Goonies Day in honour of the movie and the town holds an annual celebration every year. One-Eyed Willie was a real human skull. He now permanently resides in Richard Donner's home next to a model of the pirate ship. The pirate ship, see what it did there, nice segue, was entirely real. All the shots were filmed in the ship. After the film, it was offered to anyone who would like to take it, but nobody wanted it. It's too bloody big to put it in your backyard, so the ship was scrapped. When Sloth rips off his t-shirt, he reveals a Superman t-shirt. Accompanied by John Williams' Superman theme. And what do you know, the director, Richard Donner, directed Superman 1 and number 2. It was a shout out to himself. The puking story, which Chunk says, is actually true. Not by Chunk, but bloody Steven Spielberg, when he was growing up in theaters, actually did that prank. Ran up onto the top of a theater and pretended to throw up on everybody. There is a Goonies 2, sorry, not a film, but a video game. Yep, Nintendo made Goonies 1, and after the success of it, they made themselves a Goonies 2. There were so many rewrites that the actors didn't even get their scripts until the time of the shoot. In fact, the kids didn't even know where Chunk was for the portion of the movie, because they had no idea of the subplot between him and Sloth until the film was completed. Okay, you may or may not be wondering what happened to them and where are they now? Okay, I've got a little mini biography of each of the Goonies. Sean Astin, who played Mikey, is still an actor. He played as Frodo's boyfriend in Lord of My Ring Peace. Okay, I lie. It was in Lord of the Rings and he's been in a lot of good family films to date. He also appeared in Netflix Stranger Things series. Corey Fieldman. He played Mouth. He's had his ups and downs, but he played in some blockbusters of the 80s of Stand By Me and Lost Boys. He suffered a lot of drug abuse outside work, and he was abused as a child, he said, by Hollywood executives. He's still fighting a lot of those cases now. He's a singer. He's brought out four albums. He was good friends with Michael Jackson and defended Michael Jackson in that recent documentary, Leaving Leavenland, Neverland. Uh, he then retracted that because he said he should always stand with the child of abuse and he can't defend Michael Jackson. He's obviously dead. He still acts now and he was in a Lost Boys 2 but that was straight to DVD. He also appeared in a lot, I'm saying a lot, check out his wiki of independent films. A little small roles here and there. Josh Brolin, who played Brandon, the big brother. He turned purple and tried to click his fingers and destroy the entire universe. Okay, 
He didn't. He played Thanos out of the Marvel Universe, and he also played the cable guy in Deadpool 2 films. Along with that, he, all, he always seems to play the rugged, handsome type, which I can relate to. He played a uh, great cowboy in the country of old men, and he appears in a lot of those type of films. Jeff Cohen, he played Chunk. He doesn't act anymore. And if you check him out on on Google, he's lost all his weight. He looks quite a handsome guy. He's an attorney and specialises in entertainment lawyer. He must have a lot of work with those nutters. Kerry Green, <whistles> the cheerleader. Anyway, she appeared in Goonies and another great film, one of my favourite from the 80s, called Summer Rental with John Candy as his daughter. She doesn't do much acting now, but set up an independent film production company called Women Artists. Maith Plinton, I think that's how you say it. She played Steph, she's that geeky tall blonde one. She still does a lot of acting now. She did acting for, uh, she played a hard case lawyer in The Good Wife, which is a great TV show, you should watch it. And she also voiced one of the characters in Frozen 2. That is not as good as Frozen 1. Bit of a letdown, really. Jonathan Kikwan, he played Data. He also was in Temple of Doom, playing a very similar character as well. He left acting, but was more of a choreographer of fight scenes in many of the movies, what you watch. John Matzuk, hope I said that right. He played Sloth. Now, this guy I left to the end on purpose. He was originally a American football star. He was six foot eight, and he, he did have in and out drinking and drug abuse problems throughout his life the poor guy uh, passed away of alcohol and drug abuse at the age of only 38 and now for something completely different as some of you might be aware i usually do podcasts on cult musicals or bands which i enjoy listening to and in this week i did the goonies which isn't a musical as you're aware so i'm gonna drop a little bit of piece of music in of myself yep be prepared to fast forward i made it through the wilderness somehow i made it through Didn't know how lost I was until I found you I was beat, incomplete I have been, I was sad and blue But you made me feel Yes, you made me feel Shiny and new Like a virgin Touch for the very first time Like a virgin When you have beats Next to mine That's enough of that. Anyway, it moves me on to the music section of my podcast. Yeah, I actually write down on podcasts the beginning, the end, and then in between it's just like a bowl of spaghetti. But I eventually get there to where I want to go. So the music was composed by David Grusin. Cruising. You would change your name, wouldn't you, to Cruising, just to sound more kink. The score was unavailable for 25 years, and I think the reason for that was that famous bit of score, which I used at the beginning, and here's a little sample now. (laughs) 
Anyway, that tiny snippet, that bit of music used in this film throughout the film time and time again, has been used in Inner Space, Guardian of Tess, and loads of other films, just to name a few, and was famously used in a lot of trailers from the 80s. It's got that ramp up, that build up with a grand finale, which is great for trailers. The album that did come out did contain music from Cindy Lauper, which the famous track of Goonies Are Good Enough, which was also a 12-minute music video made with it, with a lot of the characters from the film. There was also the bangles on there as well, they were singing, and a band called Goon Squad, who did a song called Eight Arms to Hold You, Eight Arms to Hold You that is, which appeared in the part, in the mysteriously deleted part of the film of the octopus, while the kids was fighting off this octopus, i.e. Eight Arms to Hold You. As said, this didn't appear in the original film, but is on, I think, some Blu-rays as extra deleted scenes, and I bet you could see it on YouTube anyway. How 80s is that tune? God, you always have the same beat, don't you, going on and on. Anyway, not to knock the 80s, I did love some of the stuff that came out of it, and most of my pods are about 80s stuff anyway. Okay, so where are we now? We've done the music, we've done biographies, we've done a summary of the film, we've done even me singing and an advert as well. So, let's have a look into the future. Goonies 2. Well, this has been on and off the cards for years. Back in the early 2000s, Richard Donner and Steven Spielberg both announced that they was looking for a decent script to do the film. The original cast members, all apart from Chunk, who, as said, has left the business and doesn't want to go back into it, all agreed that they would do it. Corey Fieldman did advise that at one point it was on, and then it was off, and then it was on again. It seems to go up and down as a roller coaster ride. Since then, in the early 2000s, We've had a couple of changes. Number one especially is Richard Donner is 89 years old now. And last I we've heard from him was 2011 saying he was doing a Broadway production of the film Goonies. So whether he's turning it into some kind of musical, who knows? Maybe there'll be a musical podcast of the Goonies in the future as well from me. That hasn't materialised to anything as yet. And there is countless rumours that they will remake Goonies. How can they remake it? Well, they remake every other bloody film, so why not this? Not only was the film brilliantly written by Chris Columbus and directed by Richard Donner, but it was also so much fun. At a time when CGI was scarce and unnecessary for make-believe, yet where realism was at its peak and brainless audiences didn't require something blowing up every five minutes before they lost interest. In other words, it was a decade of wonder and patience. The director pulled us into his vivid world, the world we only dream about, and made us believe every minute of it. At an age now where the world has gone topsy-turvy, I still love this movie to bits. 
not only as a piece I can look back at and remember watching it the first time with my brother. I can only summarise this film in one word, it's a classic. I must say for those who are young at heart, who have always had that longing for adventure. So ladies and gentlemen, I bid you farewell as this has been Shep's Deep Dive into Goonies. I hope it's been good enough.